Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Tell you what, it's a beautiful thing when you can come to the house of God in a free country and worship Him like He needs to be worshipped. Like He's... Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. It is Sunday morning. Isn't it good to be in God's house today? Mm. I am so grateful to be in God's house and God's presence with God's people. Tell you what. Hallelujah. Well, when Pastor told me I was going to be speaking today, he told me about a month ago, and I was like, okay, Lord, what are you what are you gonna what are you gonna say, Lord? What do you what do you wanna what do you wanna say? And then I kept thinking and trying to come up with something. So okay, Lord, you know, time's getting time's getting close and are you gonna give me something? And it just it, it always seems like God waits almost to the last minute to see if I'm gonna trust him. Okay, Lord, I got it. I got it, I got it. And then I uh I got a phone call from my brother. He said, God, I, j- I just wanted to see. He said, Pastor, call, Pastor, I talked to Pastor, and Pastor said that, uh, you know, just have something ready just in case something happens. And he said, I feel like something's, something's going to happen. I was, like, I was like, yes. I was like, all right, good. I was like, you, you feel like something's going to happen? Yes, okay. Lord, there's my out. There's my out, okay. Like, all right, Lord, give him something and give him something good. So I go to praying for my brother. Like, all right, all right, all right. Then I get the... I get a text and stuff. Said, "Hey, that's that's not that's not what God was trying to say." <laughs> okay, well here we go again, Lord. So, try and under, try try and give me a a, a little uh, a little buffer here and stuff. I, I've uh, I just got in this morning around uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. So, um, pray with me if if you would, Father. As we come before you, God, in your house, God, to give you praise, Lord, we want to uplift you. Lord, you are the reason that we are here. We've come to hear your word, what you want to say to us, what you want to speak unto us. Father, we we just want you. And that's all we're asking, God, is that you move upon us. Help us, God, to hear your word, and not just to be a hearer, God, but to be a doer also. But Lord, if you don't impress upon us your word, Lord, we're just running around out here doing our own thing, and we want you, God, to impress upon us your word. So we ask you, Father, that you would have your will, your way, speak to us what you want us to hear, God. And everyone said amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to be taking my scripture out of Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. Then I'm going to be moving on to 2 Kings 5, 20 through 27. Again, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. 
It says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I certainly am not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed instead. He beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And this is still Jesus speaking here. And it says, I tell you, this sinner was justified before God, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Going to 2 Kings 5, verses 20 through 27, again out of the New Living Translation. And it says this in 2 Kings 5, 20. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master should, have, should not have let the Armenian get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. So Gehazi set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw Gehazi running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. Is everything all right? Naaman asked. Yes, Gehazi said, but my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. By all means, take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gehazi. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gehazi took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. When he went into his master, Elisha asked him, where have you been, Gehazi? I haven't been anywhere, he replied. But Elisha asked him, Don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, and male and female servants? Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as snow. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that you've already given, God, that you've already anointed, Lord. We ask that you anoint us now, God. Anoint our ears and our hearts, God, to receive your word, to hear the true word of God, Lord, given to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
going over this this story of uh, Gehazi, I always wondered about the man who who poured water on the hands of Elisha, as as the Bible describes him and stuff. He was he was a, a servant of of the prophet of God, and being a prophet of God is no small thing, especially in Israel. They, so when Elisha, and I, I, I still have, I'm still trying to read over this and trying to go over it and stuff. What, what exactly did he see in Gehazi? Obviously, he must have seen something in this, in this man because he, he accepted him as his, as his servant. He got to go everywhere Elisha went. He, he got to see the miracles that, that uh, Elisha performed before God. He got to feel the Spirit of God come down, and he got to see the things that, that the prophet went ahead and allowed him to uh, ask God to go ahead and open up his eyes and see what he actually saw. But with Gehazi, his, his attitude was, was incorrect. And so wrong attitudes start with wrong thinking. Uh, a little story, I, I knew of a situation where an older man got into a confrontation with a younger man about the job performance he was doing. Uh, the older man began to try and help the younger without even asking him if he wanted him to. The younger man became angry and a disagreement ensued. So the supervisor came and asked what was going on and, and they were, he was told what would happen. Uh, the supervisor actually asked the, the older man to, to go ahead and vacate the area. So the older man felt as if he was in the right because he knew how to do the job better. He knew how to do it a better way, or, or so he thought and stuff. And the, and the younger man just wasn't listening to his experience. So oftentimes, you know, we can be justified in our own eyes because we hold ourselves in, in, in a better mindset or in a better place. We, we think better of ourselves than, than the person that we actually have contact with. Uh, this type of thinking is not what Jesus was saying is the right or the correct attitude to actually go ahead and have. Jesus described the Pharisee and the tax, the tax collector, excuse me, Get a little bit of water here. One was justified and the other was not because of attitude. One was so adamant about it that he proclaimed it out loud in prayer. One, the other one couldn't even bring himself to look up to heaven because he knew in his heart that he was wrong. The Pharisee told of his works, look at what I have done. Take a look at me, Lord. Look, look, at, look at what a great servant I am. Take, take a look at all the things that I do and stuff. And I, you know, I do these in your name and I'm great and I'm somebody. Take a look at what I do and stuff. I'm not like this, this tax collector over here, this guy that's beneath me. You know, he's not even... He's not even, uh, you know, really coming to you with a whole heart and stuff. And, and look at me. Look at what I've done. And that, that, that's the wrong attitude. I, I don't know if you actually know that stuff. And let, me, let me tell you something. If you look upon somebody uh, who is in a lower degree than you, or at least in your mindset, you're, you're in the wrong in the first place. You don't look down on, on anybody, period. Uh, you, don't, you don't sit there. I don't, I don't, care. I don't care if they're, they're wearing... Uh, uh, broke down old shoes and old old ratty clothes, or, or if they smell funny and stuff. What, one of my one of my old pastors and stuff said, "Let me tell you something. The, ch the church should smell like smoke." Hello, 
The church should smell like, you know, Father, help me if the pastor gets on me. You know, liquor. You know, the, the church should smell like that stuff. Because this place is a house. It's called a house of prayer. But did you know that people come here to get healed? People come here. And I'm not talking about just healed in body, but healed of mind. People come to God in a broken state, in a broken mindset. And it's not for us to judge other people. And let me tell you something. You sit there and judge somebody else, you're in the wrong. Jesus himself said it. He was sitting there talking about this, this Pharisee stuff, about his attitude and what type of attitude that he has uh, about looking down his nose at somebody because he's not, he's not you know, uh, the exact as how he is. But the tax collector beat his chest in sorrow. He wouldn't even come up too close to anybody's stuff. He stood afar off, the Bible says, and, and he prayed and he beat on his chest. Being on his chest and said, you know, I'm not even worthy to come in your presence, God. Forgive me, a sinner. Forgive me, God. Be merciful to me. Gehazi had this same type of wrong attitude that this Pharisee had. He thought to himself, and the Bible says this, My master should not have allowed this Aramean to get away without accepting any of his gifts. Gehazi already summed up that this person was not worthy to receive the healing because he was not like how he was. He was not God's chosen people. Why shouldn't he pay for what God has done for him? So he decides within himself that he would get something from this person. He's going to get himself something. He's going to get himself a little bit of a blessing and stuff. His master might not have done it. His master said, no, 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 I'm not going to receive a gift and stuff because God decided to heal you. That, that's, not, that's not what we do. That's not how we are. And, and it's not. It's not. We don't, we don't come in here to, 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 be, to be blessed. We come in here to serve. We come in here to serve. I was telling somebody that the other day and stuff, and, and I was trying to explain to, to somebody that I'm not, I'm not up here trying to promote George, let me tell you something. If, if, if you don't understand that I was ready, willing, and able for somebody else to go ahead and step up here and give, and give their message and stuff already, then let, let me tell you something. Coming up here is not an easy thing for me. But what, what, what are you trying to say, Brother George? I was trying to explain to this, this person stuff, my deal is to serve people, to serve other people. It's not to lift myself up. I don't, I, I don't need this. I don't, I, I'm not somebody who, who needs to be glorified. Oh, look at what you did, Brother George. That's a great job. You did a great job preaching. I don't, I don't need any of that. I, I'm not looking for it. I don't want it. I'm not after a title. I, I, I don't care about that mess. What my deal is to serve other people. My deal is to pray for you. My deal is to comfort you. My deal is to, 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 to go to you and say, hey, can I, can I help you out? Is there anything going on? You know, can I, can I help you out? And can I teach you a Bible study? Do you, do you, do you have any questions about... Uh, anything that I, I might be able to answer about God, that's, that's the mentality that we need to have because when God takes you, takes you from the place and the position that you were in and, and that state of mind where you were broken before and He brings you into the house of God, brings you into the house of bread and He teaches you about Him, He teaches you about His Word and He, and he increases upon you much is required. 
Much is required. You're not saved for yourself. And I, and I know I say that all the time. It, but it, it's something that, that bears repeating over and over and over and over again. You're not saved for yourself. There's somebody out there that is in or was is in the same state that you were at one time that has gone that is now going through the things that you have gone through and only you can actually go and minister to them that's why God saved you it's not for you don't don't get me wrong I'm not saying that God doesn't love you God loves you with with everything within him but there's somebody else out there. If we can only get past the mindset of actually getting something for us, coming to the house of God and being a sponge and soaking it in week after week after week after week and not going out there, not witnessing to somebody, not telling somebody about the goodness of God and telling them how great God's been for me. Let, let me tell you something, buddy. Uh, God has brought me from... A very, very low place. Can we let's just feel after the Lord for just a minute? Feel up feel after him, church. Don't 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 sit there and and and, and and just rest in yourself. Feel after the Spirit of God. Feel after the moving of the Spirit and what the Lord wants. I can testify to you of, of the place where I was at in my life. I was, I was a young man. I was very prone to... to uh, a reckless attitude of getting into situations where I should not have been, getting into places and doing things I should not have been doing or doing them with people I should not have been doing them with in the first place. Uh, I was not raised in church. I, I did not know about truth uh, until I was about 19 years old. And somebody knocked upon my door and they came to witness and they, they came to invite us to church. And we heeded that person, and I came to church, and, and the rest is history at, at that point. But I was not raised in this. But praise God, I've, I've been changed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But Gehazi, I'm getting back to Gehazi here. Gehazi's attitude was, this, this guy has all this stuff. And my master didn't take anything from him, but I'm, I'm going to get something. So what, what he does is he runs after, he runs after the, uh, the, he runs after this Naaman. Now a little bit about Naaman here and stuff. From the start, we understand Naaman was an honorable, mighty man of valor and a great man with his master. By him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He had fame. Obviously, he had fortune because he had servants, and he was very prideful. Naaman, however, the Bible says, was a leper. He was a leper. He was unclean. Nobody could go around him. Stuff. Parts of his body were, were, were white as snow. And, and, and I don't know if you know anything about leprosy, but certain parts of your body start to fall off. And, and it's, it's, a very, it's a very traumatizing thing if you've ever seen a leper or parts of bodies falling off and stuff. It's very traumatizing. He had a disease that no one to his knowledge could cure. He had it all, 
in the whole sense of, of he had everything in the world. He had money, he had, he had a wife, he had servants, he had, uh, he, had the, he had the ear of the king. But this disease was actually killing him slowly. Now hearing about the prophet in Israel from, this, from his servant, he told the king and he sent a letter. The king sent a letter to Israel's king telling him, when he sends his man to him, he wants him to cure him of his leprosy. Naaman finally gets there with all his pomp, his gold, his silver, his entourage. And instead of the prophet feeding his ego, he tells his servant Gehazi, Gehazi, go out there and tell him, tell him what to do. These are instructions I'm going to give you. Tell that to Naaman. And Naaman becomes wroth. He becomes angry. He's, he's, he's frustrated and stuff. He's, he gets so upset and stuff, he's, and he starts going on a tirade and stuff. Just, aren't, the, aren't the rivers in Damascus so much better than this nasty Jordan River? And you want me to go dip, you know, you want me to go bathe in this river, this nasty Jordan River with all the trash and soot and, and junk all in it and stuff? And his servants came to him and said, My father, if the prophet would have bid you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Wouldn't you have done it? How much more if you would have just done exactly what he said to do? Humble yourself and go wash and be clean. Nathan was upset, but he, he changed his mind. He went ahead and he humbled himself. He humbled himself reluctantly. He heeded the, 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 he heeded the word of what the servants told him to. He humbled himself. He dipped himself in Jordan. Now, understand this. Jordan, the river Jordan, is a type of death in the Old Testament. Crossing over it, washing in it, symbolizes a change in attitude. You're dying out to your old self. You're dying out to that old man, that man of pride, that, that man that thinks that he's somebody, that, 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 that high state of your own personal mindset that God can't work with. Amen? But Naaman went ahead and he humbled himself enough to do what was needed to be healed of the disease that was troubling him, that was killing him, that was separating him. After the healing, Nathan come, excuse me, Naaman comes back to the man of God and is so happy that he's no longer a leper that he wants to give back to him. He's so pleased with being delivered from this disease and stuff. He comes back to the man of God and he starts to entreat the man of God says, I want to go ahead and I want to bless you and stuff because of what you've done for me. And Elisha says, no, I'm, I'm not going to receive anything for, for doing what, uh, what, what God has, has, has healed you from. And so Gehazi hears this. He's, he's standing by. He's usually close to the prophet anyway. He's listening to this. He's watching this, this entire scenario go down. And he's, he's, he's seeing his master say this stuff, that he's not going to receive anything. And he starts to think to himself, you know what? Uh, we could use a little bit of that, of that silver. We could use a little bit of that gold. We could use a, little, you know, a change of room. You know, these, these clothes I've got on stuff need to be replaced. You know, I, I need something for myself for the, the long run, just in case this whole, this whole profit thing doesn't work out. Nathan talks to Elisha and says, Take a blessing of thy servant. 
Naaman, I keep saying Nathan. Naaman calls himself a servant. He humbles himself enough when he comes back. He no longer has that selfish ego that he had when he came before Elisha the first time. He urges him to take a blessing, but Elisha says he will receive none. After trying to convince him further, Elisha refuses. Naaman then asks if he could have two mules burdened of earth. I started doing a little bit of uh, a reading on it, two mules burdened of earth. What it is, is he asked, he asked Elisha, if you're not going to take anything from me, I want to go ahead and take something from you then. It, uh, again, if, if I could, could you give me two mules, two big old, if, if you can put it in Oklahoma terms, two big old 20-pound sacks of dirt from where I'm at right now in this place where I'm at. I want to go ahead and I want to put it in there so when I, when I go back to my, to my own place, my own abode and stuff, I can lay that dirt out and sit there and stand upon it and call upon, call upon the name of the Lord because he refused, he refused, he refused, Naaman refused to give any sacrifice unto any other God but, but the Lord. And if you, if you can just understand for just a second how powerful that is, a, a man that had... He, he had everything, but he had nothing. He had it all, but yet in his heart, he knew he was going to die because of this leprosy. And, and this God went ahead and healed him and took him from that place of disease. And his skin, his skin was, was, was as clear as a baby's. I don't know if you've know, if, if you ever seen a baby's skin, how smooth and how soft it is. And that's how Naaman was after God had healed him. So he didn't want to waste any time offering, you know, offering any type of uh, uh, offering unto any other God and stuff. But he wanted to take that, that dirt, put it on his place, stand upon it and remember where he was. Remember where he was whenever God had healed him. And, and, and if you would, go back to that place and, and go back to that place of prayer where God had healed him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. So that I never forget what the Lord has done for me. I don't want to forget what God has done for me in my life. When I stand upon this ground that the Lord healed me on, and this is my, I'm paraphrasing this here, I will remember what happened. Can you just understand for a second what Naaman was trying to say after receiving his blessing of healing? He didn't want to forget that. He didn't want to forget where God had brought him from. He didn't want to forget the blessing of God that, that, that God had bestowed upon him, that healing. Even though he had prestige, he had, he had the ear of the king of Syria. He had manservants, maidservants. He had money coming out of his ears, folks, and men to do his bidding whenever he wanted. He didn't want to forget what the Lord had done for him, how the Lord had healed him. Naaman was changed at that point, all because he heeded the word that was given to him from the man of God. But not so with Gehazi, the servant of the prophet. Gehazi's thoughts were only for himself. What can I get for me? What, can I, what, what blessing can I get? Gehazi's entire thinking was completely off. His master already said no to Naaman, that he would not receive any gift or present from him. Elisha was not a prophet for hire, but a true servant of the Lord. Gehazi, only thinking for himself and not for what he could bring glory to the Lord. Instead of listening to the man of God, he took it upon himself to do his own will. He took it upon himself to 
He overrode the, the man of God's word. He overrode what his master had said. His master was, I'm not going to receive any blessing for what God has done for you. That's, that's, not what, that's not what we do. Now, I know this is, is kind of a short message and stuff, but let, let me ask you this. This might not be what you want to hear nor how you would actually do it for yourself, sir or ma'am, but I'm asking you today, will you heed the word of God that is given to you? Will you humble yourself? Second Chronicles 7 verses 13 through 14 says this, if, if I shut up heaven, this is God talking here, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence among my people, or if, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, if, 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 I, if I shut up heaven, you're not going to receive any blessing, any uh, uh, Rain is, 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 a, is a blessing because I don't know if you know this. Uh, crops need rain to actually go ahead and grow. If I command the locusts to devour the land that, so that the crops that, that, that the rain goes ahead and comes to and, and helps them to grow and stuff, if he sends something to go ahead and devour that stuff, if he takes that away, if I send pestilence among my people, if, if I send, a, if I send a, a plague out here, I don't know if you guys know this, this COVID-19 thing, is, it's trapped the entire, an, entire world and stuff, and it's a pestilence. It's something that's just irritating. It's just always there. Everywhere you go, people have got to wear masks, and, oh, are you, are you inoculated? Are, have you got your shot yet? Have, have you done this? Have you done that? I'm protected by the King of Kings. I'm not, I'm not about that stuff. If my people which are called by my name, if you've gone down in the name of Jesus, you're called by his name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You have to humble yourself. You have to pray. You have to seek the face of God. And you have to turn from... Your wicked ways, the Bible says. Then will I hear from heaven. Then. God's saying, if you will, I will. If you do this, I will do it. If you will, I will. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Hallelujah. Where are we today, folks? Let me, let me ask you this question. Are we the Pharisee or are we the sinner? Are we Gehazi or are we Naaman the Arame Aramean? Think about that for just a second. Where, where are you in God today? Where, what, is, what is your life? I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not casting blame on anybody. I'm not saying you're a wicked person or you're doing wicked things. I'm not saying that at all. But our attitude needs to be, God, I want to humble myself before you. I want to humble myself because, God, I, I, I really, if you've never had God humble you before, it is a very, very 
hard thing to go through. I am speaking from experience. God has humbled me a couple times, and it is not a it's not an easy thing to go through. And God forbid that you should have to go through that. And it's far easier and far better if we humble ourselves before God than to have God humble us. It's easier to fall on the rock than to have the rock fall upon you. Let's stand. Father, as your word has come forth, Lord, I have given the word, God, as you have given me. I am asking, Lord, that you take your word, God, put it in the hearts of your people. Minister unto your people, God. Let the, let the word of God penetrate our heart, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves, God, and not to have a prideful heart. We ask this in Jesus' name. I want to open up these altars. If you want to come pray, please come pray. Don't, don't ignore the word of God. Don't ignore what God has given us today.